All right, well, congratulations to you, those of you who are graduating. Uh, as it was said earlier, yeah, just, man, who knew there was going to be a pandemic your last couple of years of school? And I'm sure that wasn't easy for my kids. It was hard doing that schooling online and stuff. And so congratulations. And congrats to you parents, too, who have cared for your kids, again, from birth to this point without your love and encouragement, protection, support, and presence. Um, that played no little part in getting your kids to to where they are today. Um, I graduated 32 years ago. There's a pic of me somewhere. <laughs> Class of 1990, FC, FC, where's FC? My first colonial house. Jimmy and Dee were also part of that year, so that was a good year for first colonial. And, um, you know, I know it's not the same for everyone, but uh, high school for me were some of the best and most fun years of my life most memorable years. Young Life did not play a small part in that. There's a picture of me at Young Life camp in Saranac. And yes, I am wearing a hoodie. They were cool back then too. We kind of, I think, I think we were the originators. Kind of, it's retro to wear a hoodie now, right? So, all right. So Young Life uh, played a huge uh, uh, part of my life in high school. In 10th grade year, I was up at Saranac. That's where I came to faith and committed my life to Christ. And, um, so high school was awesome. I had a great time. And when I arrived in my senior year of high school, uh, like many of you right now, you're probably feeling a, a lot of different emotions. One of the emotions for me was excitement. I'm sure you guys are feeling that. Um, exams are over, right? No more tests for a while anyway. Um, freedom, you get to be away from your parents, you know, and you kind of, it's exciting to think about that, that, that kind of independence that you're going to have when you get to go to school and stuff. So um, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, looking forward to uh, um, going to college, looking forward to whatever it is, getting a job, whatever it is. And, uh, but also with that excitement, um, maybe some of you are experiencing this too, with some anxiety, some worry, a little bit like not really knowing what is ahead. Um, we know we're going off to somewhere or going into something new, but we don't know quite what's going to happen. Um, in the wise words of uh, Forrest Gump's mama, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? <laughs> I heard I did a pretty good Gump impersonation. Anyway, um, you never know what you're going to get. You know, life is like a box of chocolates that way. There's the unexpected, there's some knowns, there's some hopes, but then there's those surprises that come. And when you start thinking about the future um, and the unknowns of it, uh, you can start feeling a little worry and anxiety. Maybe it is your taking on a full-time job and you've never had a full-time job before and you wonder, can I handle the pressures of that job? You know, am I going to like my boss or like the people that I'm working with? Graduation for you may mean spending long periods of time away from your family and maybe you've never done that before and you wonder, can I handle that? And you're wondering, can my parents handle that? <laughs> They're going to miss you guys, you know, so it's going to be hard for them too. Um, graduation comes with big decisions. And I know I've been there, you're like, am I choosing the right major? You know, that's a really big decision to have to make. Um, I don't know if I did or not. Um, if it's a job, am I choosing the right job? Um, financial liabilities, you know, you're gonna have a credit card, you're gonna be paying rent, you're gonna be maybe taking on a student loan. Can I handle the pressures of those finances and the liability to that? And graduation overall, it just means change. It's a new season of life. And what if that stress is too hard for me? Emotionally, mentally. What if I fail out? What if I um, disappoint my parents? You know, there's, 
there's those kinds of feelings going on. So happy graduation, everybody. <laughs> and I don't bring it up to, to bring it down. I'm just saying that's just real, right? That's just, that's just how it is, right? Um, some of you may not be feeling those feelings, but I came across an article on the web um, from bestcolleges.com. It said that in a survey, 50, 52% of high school students feel pressure to make decisions too soon. It's like, man, I can't make that big of a decision right now. I've got to go and do a little life before I make that decision. So they're feeling, 52% feeling pressure. One in three students, 33% uh, believe that college costs and mental struggles will impact their future. Even with that pressure, there are 53% who said they are optimistic about their future, but I was like, well, that means there's 47% that are kind of like, yeah, I don't know about my future, right? So, you know, what this information tells us is two things. Uh, one is that you're not alone if you're feeling that way. So don't feel um, alone. You're not alone in feeling those feelings or thinking those thoughts. And secondly, um, your feelings and thoughts are normal. They're, you're not strange. You know, being anxious about a big change in life is totally normal. This is true about any big transitions and changes in life. You know, whether it's graduating from high school or graduating from college, whether it's moving to a new town, starting a new job, getting let go from a job, Getting married is a huge change that will cause that kind of anxiety and worry about the future. Having your first child, you know, there's, it's just, it happens in life. And so this is just one of those times for you guys. Um, whatever that big change is, um, it's common to experience anxiety and worry. And it's in times like this that it's really important that we're plugged into community, you know, like this, in church in a small group, in a Bible study, or connecting with the Lord at home. It's important because we need to stop. We need times in our lives when we stop and remember who God is. And remember that he's there. Sometimes we just get so distracted with worry and anxiety about things that we forget God's standing there the whole time. Jesus is standing there waiting for us to come to him with that. Waiting for us to come and just tell him, hey, Lord, Lord, I'm so worried. Um, I'm, I'm feeling and carrying this anxiety and this burden. What do I do with this anxiety and worry that I've got about the unknown of the future? Lord, what resources do you have for me? I mean, I know I've got my parents. I know I've got maybe my pastor, uh, my youth leader. But like, Lord, what resources do you have for me? You, yourself. Do you have a word for me to help me overcome and persevere through seasons of change and, and when I feel that anxiety and worry? And thankfully, uh, Jesus does have a word for us on how we can manage that anxiety and worry that creeps us in our life, up in our lives. So let's stand together for a moment. We're going to read through this passage from Scripture, and then we'll dive into the message. We're in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This isn't the Sermon on the Mount, which is a, a much bigger teaching. This is just a, a portion of that teaching. And Jesus is speaking to folks who are gathered out on a field. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Is not the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or sow away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers, um, the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like that field. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more, more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You may be seated. In this teaching, um, Jesus has his listeners imagine. Imagine someone who's worried about tomorrow, anxious about tomorrow, whether they will have enough or not have enough to eat or drink or to wear. What's tomorrow going to hold? And these people are having a very difficult time ridding themselves of these thoughts. They're kind of just lingering in their heads. It's got them distracted. It's hard to be in the moment. Maybe some of you have felt this way anxious about the thought of like, oh my gosh, this might happen or this it might not happen. And you're distracted from that present moment of just being and doing life. Kind of like the account of Mary and Martha that you guys might be familiar with from scripture. Mary is anxious and says she's anxious or worried and distressed about many things. She's distracted by that. It's just constantly on her mind, whatever she's got that she's worrying about. But Mary was able to be present in the moment and choose what was best. She acknowledged the Lord's nearness and, and chose to be there and listen to him. Um, that kind of anxiousness, the kind of anxiousness that steals our peace and distracts us from the present is the kind of anxiousness and worry that God um, wants to free us from and that Jesus is talking about in this passage. Sometimes it's anxiousness and worry about what the future holds. You can worry about a lot of things, you know, but sometimes it's about what the future holds. And when we feel this way, Jesus gives us the instruction. Don't worry. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't help. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if we could just pick up our phone and uh, turn off the worry app, you know? Alexa, turn off worry. You know, we can't just turn worry off, right? It's something that just lingers in us and we can't just, if somebody says, you know, stop being sad and you're sad, it just doesn't work, right? Same thing with worry. Now, Jesus knows we can't turn, turn worry off. So in this teaching, in addition to telling us, you know, what we can do and what he wants us to do, um, he follows up and appeals to our faith, our knowledge and our understanding of God. And he asks us to use reason about who God is, and then use your reason about this worry that you're carrying. Uh, in his teaching, he focuses our attention. It's like he's saying, stop. I want you to think about something for a moment. Imagine those people out on the field. Stop. I want you guys to think about something. Look, the birds of the air, 
They don't store, they don't sow or reap. They're like farmers sow and they reap and they store away in barns. Birds aren't doing any of that. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. They always have enough. And then he follows up. Aren't you much more valuable than those birds are to God? And look at the flowers of the field. Beautiful, right? That field is covered in these beautiful flowers. But the fields aren't sitting there so enclosed together that can make that field look beautiful. Um, And yet, those fields are clothed. Clothed with flowers. Even King Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of those fields. So he's calling his hearers to look at how God... The father, our father, look at he's he's caring for those birds. They're not flapping their wings all anxious with feathers flying everywhere, trying to make sure they have enough. They're not shoving, you know, stuffing their nests full of worms and grubs and insects so they'll have enough for tomorrow. Yet they always have enough. Their tomorrow is, is always taken care of. They don't need to do that. Then Jesus says, look at that field, beautiful wildflowers. It's clothed, draped in those flowers. Again, it didn't, the field didn't lift a finger to, to dress itself, and yet there it is, dress. And God says, if he cares about those fields that much, just think about much, how much more he cares about you. He's appealing to our logic. Think about who God is and who you are in relationship to him. And if he cares for those things out in creation as much as he does, man, he cares so much more about you. He knew you before you came into existence. The scriptures tell us he knit you together in your mother's womb. His eyes been on you. He created you in his image. There's nothing else in all creation that was created in his image. We were. Humans were. You were. He knows you better than anyone. The scriptures tell us he knows the numbers of hair on our heads. He sent his son to die for you. For your salvation, the forgiveness of your sins. The birds of the fields, the fields, uh, the birds of the air, the fields, he cares for them. But you are not just his creation. You are his children. You are his son. You are his daughter. How much more does he care for you? It reminds me of a verse uh, we had to memorize a long time ago. Romans 8, 30, 32. 8, 30 32. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he how will he not also, along with giving us Jesus, give us all things and provide for us and take care of us? In our anxiousness and worry, it's important for us to stop and remember these truths about who Jesus reveals our Father to be. You know, we we belong to a Heavenly Father who tells us, He's saying, Don't worry, I've got you. Worrying doesn't add a single hour to your life. Uh, worry doesn't help the situation. Anxiety and worrying and fretting over it doesn't make things better. You know, give that over to the Father saying, give it to me, you know. Do not worry. There's no good fruit that comes from worrying about the future. It's worrying about ill-fated scenarios that we just are in our imagination. They haven't happened. Whatever challenges and trials come our way, God will be with us. He has our tomorrow in his hands and he will give us what we need to face whatever that tomorrow holds. He'll give us what we need and he is with us. Now, while we're unpacking here what Jesus 
is saying. Um, I think it's important. This is one of those teachings that it's important to talk about what Jesus is not saying here, too. He is not saying that we have no role or responsibility for our future. He's not saying, yeah, don't lift a finger. He just sit there and I'm going to take care of you. You know, the illustration he gave us of the bird isn't a bird just sitting there waiting for worms to drop from the air, you know, unless you're like a little baby chick, right? Then mom, the palm bird comes to bring it. But, but like, if you're a bird, you know, you're flying down onto the ground, you're flying from tree to tree, collecting caterpillars, grubs, things like that to provide for yourself. So he envisions us, he has us envision that bird that's like that, that finds the, bar, the grubs, the, you know, and, and we imagine, you know, for us, we live on the beach. Maybe it's, it's those birds that are diving down and getting fish, you know, out of the sea or the ones that are picking along the sand, you know, on the seashore, getting little critters out of the sand. The way it is with that bird, so it is with us. God will provide us with the provision of whatever we need for tomorrow. But he also provides us with the ability to obtain what we need. And for that, we can be thankful. Um, he gives us the ability to obtain what we need. He's given us our, our mobility to move, eyes to see, intelligence to think, um, to, to get a job, to act, to do uh, for ourselves too. So he provides not only the means of what we need, but he also gives us the means to obtain what we need as well. That's what he's done for the birds. That's what he's done for us. And he will do for us whatever we face. You know, Christians, um, sincere followers of Jesus in the past have taken that, that, this, this teaching and misapplied it. In, uh, in 2 Thessalonians, um, there's a church in a place called Thessal Thessalonica. And um, Paul is writing to this church because he heard that there are some followers there, followers of Jesus, sincere, good folks that um, stopped working. And they believe that Jesus is coming any day, probably tomorrow. So I'm just going to abandon responsibility and just focus on, on waiting for God. And Paul has a word for them. He says, when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man or a person will not work, they shall not eat. We hear some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. So we have a responsibility and a part to play in God's provision for us. Um, I also want to mention here that Jesus, uh, when he teaches that the birds of the air don't, don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, that doesn't mean don't save for the future. He's not forbidding us from doing that. Um, the book of Proverbs, you know, it's good to look at the whole of Scripture. This is a great example of that, to look at the, all of Scripture. When you see something that seems kind of, hey, is that, are you understanding that right? Proverbs tells us that it's good to leave an inheritance for our children. How are we going to leave an inheritance? There's some saving in, involved in that. That's a good thing to do. Um, it all, uh, Proverbs also tells us that the plans of the diligent lead to abundance. So there's planning for the future. There, there's nothing wrong with saving. And I just wanted to make, that, make sure that was clear. But the point is, as we're going about doing those things, planning, thinking about the future, Saving whatever it is, thinking about going off to college, thinking about the things that we're doing to maybe better our lives for ourselves or for our children or our family. Um, as we go about doing that planning, the thing we should be thinking about is, is, is that 
planning for the future, that saving, whatever it is that whatever it is we're doing, is that distracting me from what's most important, <clears throat> which is God? Has that planning for the future taken over like just my thoughts? I can't. It's distracting me. I'm, I'm dropping the ball on loving my children or my parents or my friends as much as I should because I'm so consumed with this thing. And he's talking about the future. Are we so worried about the future that we're dropping the ball? We're distracted by that. And if we are, it may be that our planning for the future, um, maybe we've forgotten about our father. Maybe we forgot that he has the future in our hands and we're so anxious because we've forgotten. We don't remember that God is there and how much he loves us, how, how he sees us, how he's spoken this word to us so that we don't have to worry and go about looking at the future or planning for the future with anxiousness and worry. Your father cares for you and he cares about your future and he's going to meet you there and give you what you need to face it. It was about 22 years ago um, that I came at a crossroad, two crossroads in my life. I had already finished college. I was on staff with Young Life for three years and I went off staff and I was at a transition and I was wondering what to do next. And for me, I was like, am I going to become a teacher? Am I going to go further studying geology? Or am I, Lord, do you want me to continue in ministry? Which meant for me, like, do I need to go to seminary? Is that the next step? And so I took some time and I went up to North Carolina. My brother told me about a retreat center up there. And I spent a few days in, in fasting and in prayer because it was a big decision. I was really carrying a lot of concern about, like, I just want to be in the Lord's will. And I, I don't know what's next, Lord. So I was praying about it. And there was a guy at the retreat center that uh, approached me. He was the owner of the property. And I was sharing with him about that. I was like, I don't know. I'm just at a crossroads. I'm not sure what to choose. And he gave me a verse that I've never forgotten uh, since. And he says, it's Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, that's applies. That's a person. We all plan our course. You guys have planned to go to college. Um, you know, I might plan to move somewhere. I, I, you know, we all have plans. We plan our future. We plan our course. But the Lord determines our steps. Behind that wisdom and that truth that we find in scripture, for me, that was just such a relief to know that I'm planning my course, but you know what? Ultimately, the Lord is determining my steps. So I may go this way and plan this way, but the Lord's really the one that's going to direct me and get me to exactly where he wants me to be. And so as I make plans for the future and I think about that, it's really about um, looking at the resources you've got, looking at your situation and praying and maybe seeking counsel from others who, who know you well and who love you and, and, and praying to the Lord about it and, and just saying, Lord, what do you have for me? And then just taking that step, trusting that as I plan my course and I start moving in that direction, God's going to direct you to the major that he has for you. You know, God's going to direct you to the person that maybe will be your spouse one day. God's going to direct you in those choices. He's going to open and close doors as you do your best to seek counsel, again, from God, from those who know you well and love you. And it, it really just takes the burden off knowing that God's got you, right? So plan your course confidently, humbly, 
but confidently knowing that the Lord's going to be there with you to direct your steps. Um, there's a, and, and you know, honestly, um, 50 years old, I've been around long enough and I've failed enough times to know that God even uses my failures and my wrong decisions to get me to the place where he wants me to be. God's big enough. I'm planning my course for the Lord's to turn in my steps. And there's a great quote that I heard as I was looking around preparing for the sermon. And it's, it's, a, it's a great one to just hold on to. And it's this. It says, I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. And that makes all the difference, right? I may not know, and I'm carrying this anxiety, but, but if I know who has my future, then I can kind of let go and, ha- and be, have that peace that God wants me to have amidst uh, my facing of that change in that future. All right, let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you um, for the lives of those represented here who've gotten from birth to graduation from high school, Lord. And um, we've already prayed over them, but I just want to add to that, just uh, give them wisdom in their choices as they head off to university. Give them great fellowship um, right away. Help them to meet people, have divine encounters, um, to help them to plug in with a good community of other folks who are following you. It's not a journey that we make by ourselves. We want to make it with you, but also with your family. Help them to find family there, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.